0: Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of Pushing Boundaries. The topic for today is uh, co-parenting. Uh, the context for this is that uh, co-parenting is a situation where child's parents are not in a marriage, cohabitation, or romantic relationship with one another. It usually describes a parenting scenario where two, uh, two separated or divorced divorced parents both take care of their children. Co-parenting differs from single parenting, where one parent is completely out of the picture. And so today, I, I have two guests here: I have Keisha Reed and I have Rodney Garcia. Um, both have uh, stories to share with us, and it' going to give us some insight and some experience in terms of what it takes to be um, what it takes to uh, be involved with co-parenting, and maybe you know a, a share their struggles and and maybe come to some solutions by the end of this conversation. And so I'll I'll share some of the resources for parenting at the the end of this um, this session. But I wanna start with um, just, if you guys can just give you a context for how you entered this relationship with co-parenting. How did this come about?
1: So for me, it was through divorce. Um, I was married for eight years. We used together about 15. We have two kids. so our daughter was born, my daughter was born um, before we actually was married. Um, and I think even leading up to the marriage, uh, it was very tricky. Um, and I think she went through postpartum, but, you know, at the time you don't really know how to get resources, how to get help. You know, your two parents, young kids trying to figure out life. Um, we ended up married for eight years uh infidelities on my part is the reason that the marriage dissolved um it took me a long time to be able to own my mistakes so i take full ownership over that um to the end of the marriage our son was conceived because you know you're going through divorce you're separated but you're still going back to the well and if you keep going back to the well you'll end up drinking the water and then <laughs> that's what comes of it um but i think after we went through the divorce, separation, and then was finalized, um, it, it, it has been a struggle in the very beginning because I felt like I was indebted because of the things that I did in the marriage to kind of be like that savior when it comes to all aspects of things. You know what I mean? Whether that's taking verbal abuse or taking punch shots or taking like the kids more than it's required. Like, I just felt like I have to do, I have to do, I have to do. And then I'm like, wait. I'm, not, I'm no longer obligated, you know what I'm saying? Like I love taking my kids, but if we're setting rules, boundaries, and structures, let's stick to that. You know what I mean um, and that in itself was like another layer of like continuous problems um but we was able to find like the best medium I don't want to say happy medium because you know it's it's tough anytime you you have a marriage and especially if one partner goes outside and now you have to co-parent and you're seeing that ex-spouse it's it's a tough situation so we don't even see each other um we have a designated place where they the kids are dropped off and then I pick up the kids from there and then we co-parent in that in that way um can I
2: just say like you Super extra refreshing. Um, And reason being is because a lot of people, uh, I don't want to just put it in the category of men, but I will. Um, A lot of men do not have a self awareness um, to actually be able to go back in time um, and admit what went wrong and really come to terms with how that whole thing felt, period. You know, so, um, and not that I don't run across men that are refreshing and, and honest, you know, that's me and Sharif. We have a very long relationship and it's rooted in that honesty, um, but it's just nice to come across a stranger and to see that those kind of things still exist. So um, congratulations to you that, that you're aware of, um, you know, your mistakes and what caused your pain and, and what you need to do to get past that.
0: Just you share your share your story with us. How did you get there? Um,
2: so um, I was married for eighteen years, um, and um, together for twenty. Um, have three beautiful daughters. Um, it was my forty-first birthday, where um, I thought that I was dying because I was losing so much weight. Um, and I remember going to the doctor like, I don't understand why am I losing so much much weight? What's going on? And what I realized was that I was suppressing um, the need to leave. <laughs> so um, I remember I had my 41st birthday. I was surrounded by all of my friends and family members um, who I hold dear to my heart. And I received all of these amazing cards that was just like, you're amazing. You're a woman that knows what you want and know how to go after it. And I remember crying for like five hours because I was like, this is a fucking lie. I'm not living my best life, I'm miserable. And, um, mm. and then it was like two days later, um, I had said to my ex-husband, I said, we need to talk and i said i can't do this anymore um and it's so weird because i was trying to figure out how to say it right and we were in the parking lot and there was like this big food truck in front of us and and we were kind of we were um we were um we were like um, locked in, we couldn't get out. We couldn't back out because there was another truck behind us and we couldn't pull We couldn't back out, we couldn't pull out. There were two trucks that was in front of us. And I kept trying to figure out the words to say, like it took me a while. I was just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And then I finally, I said, uh, I can't do this anymore. And the fucking trucks, can I curse?
0: Yeah, sure, I made sure no. I say listen.
2: Okay, <laughs> and the fucking trucks moved. Like both of them, I, I swear. I was like, yo, this, this shit is weird. Wow. The truck from in front of the car moved. The truck from behind the car moved. It's almost as if God was like, girl, if you don't handle this, um, you, I'm not going to let you go anywhere. Wow. And after it happened, I was like, I'm starving. <laughs> I fucking started eating again. So what was happening? I was like, literally, my brain couldn't process like eating and leaving. And as soon as I released my truth, my appetite came back. My weight gain came back. Um, what my relationship was was a very long relationship of finding somebody who checked most of the boxes of the things that you would want from somebody, but none of the boxes of what's necessary for your soul. Mm-hmm. Um. So after being in a marriage for um, 18 years and realizing that I was not going to be able to get what I needed long term, and my children were getting older, and I was just like, eh, they're going to move, and then my purpose is going to change, and I need to be with somebody who I actually like, and mm-hmm. someone who actually likes me too. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was the reason for the divorce. There was no um, infidelity or anything. It was just, I knew at my core that he didn't like me anymore. And um, I knew at my core that I really didn't like him either. And I no longer saw the vision of having a future um, with him.
0: So that, that leads me into my next question then, you know, because I'm, I'm hearing, you know, the conflict and, and the break of this, this, this union, this marital union. And so my question is then, why did you decide to co-parent? Um, after the, the separation? Yeah. Or? Well, once you guys decided to go on your own roads,
2: mm-hmm. why did
0: you decide to co-parent?
2: Oh, because he's an amazing father. He's, he's, I mean, I, I would never take that away from him. He's an amazing father, actually an amazing person, just not my person.
0: No.
2: Um, so the best, um, route of action was to co-parent to try to, we did that because we wanted to maintain some sort of normalcy for our children. So at the end of the day, we both decided that even if we're not in a romantic relationship, we are officially family. And that's never going to change like we made these babies together, we have hopes and aspirations and dreams for them. And that's never going to go away. And the only way that they're going to be okay, is if we are okay. So we got to be okay with this. Um, So that's why we decided to, to co parent, it was the best course of action in order to assure that our children were going to
0: be healthy and
1: happy. Um, Yeah. I think similar to Keisha, um, for me, it was never no doubt that I was gonna be in my kid's life. You know what I mean? Like I said, I came from a foundation of a two-parent household. So it wasn't like, you know, my dad wasn't here or my mom wasn't present. Like both parents was like in the main bedroom so that's that was realities. waking up on Saturday morning, seeing breakfast, your parents taking you to school. So um, the foundation was already laid. Um, my parents is very big about taking care of your responsibilities. If you have a kid, take care of the responsibility. Even if the marriage dissolves, the kid has nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? And that was instilled very early on from day one and having a daughter um, like, I often say my daughter is like my world. My son is like my everything because me and my daughter is like inseparable. You know what I mean? Like we're glued at the hip. She looks just like me. She acts just like me. Um, So it was never a doubt in my mind that I would not be present and active in their life. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to just contribute child support, um, but it's another to be present. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be labeled that's my father, I want to be labeled, "Oh, that's my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like I want her to have that understanding like if my dad needs to show up, he's gonna show up if If I need to show up at his house for whatever reason, the door's always open. You know what I mean like um it's It's funny because when you're the male in a situation and you don't have your kids full time. I try to empathize what the woman is going through. Um, And it's like, if you put in perspective, it's 30 days out the month. I have the kids two weekends, which is only relatively two and a half days. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if I'm picking up Friday evening, Saturday is a full day. And then Sunday, I'm bringing them back. You know what I mean? So if you really put like the hours, like if you put things really into perspective, it's like, so you are really having them for like four days out the month. So for 26 days, they're with mom you know what i mean that's 26 days of emotions that's 26 days of disagreements that's 26 days of like can you clean your room can you do the bathroom can you take that so it's like when you take all of those things into consideration i would still be happily divorced but i wish it would be a way in which i could kind of split the duties you know what i'm saying because i love being a father like i enjoy it um my son is completely different from my daughter. My daughter's completely, like, they, they, their personalities is just different. I treat them different. Um, one thing that if my ex-wife would say, she could probably has a host of reasons as to negativity, but she would always say, and I notice unequivocally, he's a phenomenal father. It's nothing that he won't do for the kids. You know what I'm saying? So um, We may not communicate just because, like, it's probably still feelings there it's probably still love there um and a lot of that does cloud other other things but when it comes time to communicate with the kids if she needs to go on vacation or she's needs a break or you know she's overwhelmed she knows like hey i could call them hey can you watch the kids two days during the week or can you watch the kids you know an extended weekend or can you watch the kids double weekends like because at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, they're not a burden on me. They're my kids. They carry my last name. You know what I mean? They're part of me. They're part, they're 50% of their bloodline is ran from me. You know what I mean? And the fact that they also lost their grandfather is even more of a reason why I just love to have them closer to me. Um, because my daughter, she's 15. So we have a host of memories that she could look back on. And not that I'm thinking I'm gonna die in a, in a month or something like that, but you you never know. Like, Every time you wake up in the morning, you gotta be thankful to see another day. But my son is five. So I just try to be cognizant of the fact of like, have we really bonded? Have I spent as much time needed? You know what I mean? Um, I wanna be an active role in every aspect of his life. You know what I mean? So it's like, I constantly push him to see them more. Um, and I love it. Like, you know, with, with, on one hand, I'm talking about what college looks like with my daughter. Um, and I communicate with her mom, like when it comes to academics with the kids, co-parenting finance, we communicate seamlessly.
0: am glad you're going there because I want to, I want to push you off into the next question because you're, you're actually leading us there. So what is the process for co-parents to make shared decisions around healthcare, extracurricular activities, school, visitation and
1: vacations? I'm broke. So I don't know. Cause she get all the money. <laughs> you know how the courts is, boy. <laughs> hey, boy I tell you. Look, so I'm going I'm to read a text to you from today. Hey, just made the dentist appointment for the kids on August 11th. Are you still paying the $600 payment? Like, wait, what, what we we didn't even have a conversation. You just tell me what we paying. Like, so um, financially, I know it's been a struggle for her. Because anytime you leave out of a household as the provider or a provider of a household, those bills get put on one person, right? Um, In theory, the courts is going to award you a sum of money and say, here's the money, you know what I mean? And do the best you can with it after the court take their finder's fee, you know what I mean? Um, But it still doesn't cover overhead, whether that's picking up groceries on a random Tuesday or, like you said, going to the medical because of the insurance being different or paying co-payments or extracurricular activities that money doesn't stretch extremely far you understand for me um i've had a lot of pushback with my parents people in my area my brothers and stuff like why would you do that why would you do that at the end of the day they're my kids no amount of money for me is suitable for my kids because i don't want to disrupt their quality of life we've came into a marriage we set a precedent we moved to a certain place in long island to give them a quality of life now i could easily just let that unravel and just say here's the money that the courts asked you and leave it at that but at the end of the day if i'm fortunate enough to help out without drowning then i'm gonna help out now i'm not gonna do something national. i'm gonna send you to Tibet <laughs> you know what i mean but at the same token it's like as long as i can help out then i'm willing to help so um I always ask for checks and balances, paperwork, this and a third, and if it's something feasible and I can help, I'ma help. Okay, Keisha.
2: So I did not take the route of going to court um, for any kind of child support. Um, I felt it very important to not have any outsiders involved in the raising or the decisions, whether it monetary or visitation, I don't want nobody involved in that. Um, we made these children together um, when they were made, they were made of love and um even as the relationship ended, there was still a, a great deal of love and respect in my heart um, for him um, so actually, I think you and I spoke about the Sharif um because you were, you were there when I was first going through it mm-hmm. um when he left for like a whole year, I got nothing. Um, because the initial discussion upon him leaving was, well, you know, if I have to pay you child support, I'm not gonna be able to maintain the kind of life that we had together. I said, it's okay, <laughs> just get the fuck out. Um, no, I didn't say that. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said no. I said don't worry about it. Get on your feet. Um the goal was for him to leave though. I didn't want that to be like, you know, hanging over our head. It needed to happen. Um so it was a struggle. Um you know, we didn't get to go to like Chili's and McDonald's and all that stuff. It was just like ramen noodles. And some salmon, okay? It's not we're gonna be organic salmon either. So, um, but we made it happen. And then finally, um, I said, okay, it's been like a fucking year. I think he might be trying to take advantage. <laughs> so then finally, I said, okay, it's been a year. I feel like you're settled. Um, and your salary has increased significantly. He's always made more than me, though, by the way. Mm. He's always made more than me. Um, But because he was angry, because I'm the one who made the decision, and you know, with you men, your money is your power, right? Um, So I said, you know what, I can't have him be angry and broke. So let me just let him deal with that emotional component, still have his money to, you know, help him out, and then we'll figure it out. So about a year later, I said, listen, you know, we have to discuss this. And um, we agreed to um, $600 every two weeks. Um, Had I taken him to court based on his salary, I would have been getting $3,300 every month. Right, right, okay. I could have, shit, I could have been out here um, making um, shoes for a living fulfilling my dream, because that would have covered the mortgage, right? I wouldn't have been working. I could have had me a couple of Louis bags. Um, But anyway, that's not what I wanted. So I agree to that. I said, for me, that would be the amount that's needed to cover like food and for us to kind of enjoy life and do things a little bit different every now and then. And that is what it has been. It has not increased. um that is what it has been for the past five years it has been six hundred dollars every two weeks and it is what it is I don't complain about it because to be honest with you by God's grace and this is by God's grace I don't need it you know and I'm grateful for that um but the other on the other side of that um coin is that Again, he's an amazing father. Um, he always shows up when it's necessary. Any extracurricular activities for the children, we split it half. Um, child um, care, we split that um, in half. Um, he carries them on his insurance and his dental, so that's covered. Um, he also carries them on his cell phone um, plan, um, so that's covered. And because I it's important for me that my children is not in contact with a shell of a man. Mm. That's important to me. Um, and I know because for him, his finances are very important to him. He's a Virgo, um, you know, cheap, um, because I know that that's really, really important. I don't want to take that away from him. I did not want to, um, impact his way of living and I also wanted to assure that when my children leave their primary home that they are entering a home that is just as welcoming that has the comforts of home that he's not living like in a one-room shack and they're sleeping in the bathroom I wanted to make sure that their living conditions were as comfortable as when they're at home with mommy Um, so I sacrificed because for me there was nothing there was nothing to earn from it, I just wanted everybody to be happy.
0: Wow, that's steep. Yeah. Deep. Wow, you know, in doing that, you know, um, you've definitely taken a stance in terms of your personal values and, and what mattered most for you. So as a, you know, how do, my next question, how do co-parents build strong character, strong behaviors and emotional resilience for their children? Oof. Um. You want to
1: tough. go me or you want yeah. Me to... it, it, it's tough because you you want you want your kids to grow up to listen to the core values of like respecting women, respecting men, getting married. Like ideally that's what you would love. You know what I mean? And you want to be able to set those precedent. But then your kids at some point, like my daughter is 15, she's a teenager, she's not no longer like that little baby girl that I would always call her by her nickname and you know, she's getting ready to go to college and she's trying to find who she is as a person. So it's like those little things she's kind of like pushing back on, like, but you and mommy divorced. You know what I mean? Like you and mommy, you know, so it's kind of like, but what's ideal and what's ideal was for you guys to be separated because when you don't think kids are listening, they're always listening. You know what I mean? And my daughter, my son, we were already divorced when he was um, born. So he never experienced both of us in a household. He knows dad lives one place, mom lives another. So for him, it's normal in that capacity. With my daughter, because she lived, I was with her for 10 years in that environment. You could shape and mold and create the person that you want. But at the same token, now you're no longer in that environment. And the toxicity of what was there, she hurt. And she heard the bickering and the arguments and the disagreements and this and the third. You know what I mean? So now it's trying to redefine who she is as a person, but then kind of like, how do you build that trust? Because I have to build trust within her that despite us not being together, doesn't mean that I don't love you or I love you any less. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to reinforce the fact of not over-parenting, but understanding, like, we could be friends, but there's still this hierarchy is where I sit versus where you sit. But letting her baby steps to me, because it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we as adults think we have it together. And then you go through a divorce and then you realize it's, it's harder being outside of the, the household trying to parent. And then we have different views. Mm. Um, so when my daughter does come to me, I tend to let them get away with a lot more and stay up a lot more and do this and do that and their mom has to reset the batteries and this and the third so it is it, it i don't have a clear answer to that question but it's just more so if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it together i'd rather do it with 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 my kids than do it with someone else and we'll figure it out and we're gonna make mistakes and that's fine and that's okay and but it's about learning from those mistakes and how do we become better
2: yeah. Great. Um, <clears throat> so, um,
0: you Want me to ask the question again? Yeah, sure. Okay. So <laughs> how, how, how do co-parents build strong character, strong behaviors and emotional resilience for their children? co parents
2: Um, so a blanket statement for that would be, um, to have a good, strong relationship with each other, even though you're not married anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to give a little background on that, uh, it's amazing now, but when it first happened, my kids were actually forced to pick a side um, because their dad was so distraught about the situation. He would cry around them and um, that would upset them. And therefore I fell into the category of the person who broke up the entire family, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I didn't feel the need to explain everything to them, but what I realized I was doing, I thought that by not sharing anything with them that I was protecting them. Mm -hmm. From my experience, that doesn't work. You need to be as human as possible, right? So after a year of being um, bad mommy, right, who ruined everybody's life, um, I began to talk about little things, not like putting their dad down or anything, but just giving scenarios as to, you know, what would you do if you had a really good friend who wasn't treating you nice anymore? Would you still be that person's friend? Um, and then I began to, you know, tell them a little certain things that were age appropriate, just to give them a better understanding of, you know, I'm not the monster in this situation. I made a decision that was going to be best for my life, which in turn ultimately will be better for your life. Can you see that I'm a happier person? Can you see that I'm lighter in my spirit? Um, and I just began to let them in, like, and and just try to help them understand you know that life is not always just black and white you know they are things that even as adults that we have to contend with um as the relationship um evolved between their dad and i um we began to communicate and we communicate frequently um about them specifically and In terms of the decision-making, we have those conversations um, prior to. So if there's anything that his daughter is doing in the house, I'll call him up and I'll let him know, listen, pay close attention to this because I'm noticing that she's doing this. So I need you to be on board. When she comes to your house, make sure that she's getting in the bed no later than 10 o'clock, right? Because we're making adjustments. Um, When she's on punishment at home and I have to take my 16-year-old's phone, but I sent her to her dad's house with the phone because you know she might need it for whatever, but I'll call him up and say, hey, just to let you know, um, Chloe's on punishment, make sure you take the phone when she get in. So we, I think the frequent, frequent communication between us and um, trying to make sure that we're on the same page as much as possible, I think that that's what's building um, the value um, in our children. and and setting the standard that, you know, even though we're not together, we are still a team, okay? We are team parent, so don't try no bullshit.
0: (laughs) Well said, well said, thank you. Um, So the next question is, um, you know, because there's there's a lot of trauma that comes out of a separation between partners, right? And so how do co-parents manage their own emotional trauma during negotiations regarding shared decision-making?
1: So I had no, no, no right to speak on anything because I ended the marriage through infidelities. And in the beginning, not really understanding what that meant, um, I kind of just backed off, which was the wrong approach. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if we're here for the kids, then let it be about the kids. If you're gonna be mad at me, then be mad at me but don't be mad at me by taking the kids away because you're not hurting me in some essence you are because i love my kids but in, in theory in the long scope you're, you're really hurting the kids you know what i mean so um it took a lot of people on both sides of our family to bring us together because despite me making the infidelities she walked in and said i'm over Like, the marriage is over. You know what I mean? She made that decision. Um, And it took me a long time to grapple with the understanding of it. Um, It took me a long time to be reflective of all all the things that I had put this woman through. Um, And just masking the bad times with trying to do great things. Um, But I knew it was over a long time ago. She probably had hints of it being over a long time ago. Um, so at some point, we just sat down and I told her as much as she wanted to know, and she cried, um, and I know it hurt her because it's like you already have scars um that may not be visible, but they're there, you know what I mean? Um, sort to like take a knife and you just want to like just go for it, like she wanted that, you know what I mean? Um And I think at that moment, it was like a refresher because I think she got at least as much information as she needed to get from that conversation to be able to finally say like, look, you've always been a great father. You've always been vested. You've always taken time out. Anything that I've ever needed, you've always done. Um, I know the woman still loves me and I will always have love for her. You know what I mean? But I know we're in two totally different spaces, but we, we just look at it like, look, always put the kids first, no matter what we got going on. And no matter whether or not we still have these bumpy roads that we got to travel over. Cause you know, despite not being in the marriage, don't mean you don't care about the person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I have a heart, so I still care about the person, you know, I want her to succeed. I want her to win. I want her to flourish. Cause if you do, then the kids have that model in the household to look at. So I want you to be on that pedestal, you know what I'm saying? And however you got to get there and however I can help you get there, I'm willing to do so. Um, so I em- I empower her as much as I can. I root for her as much as I can, but most importantly, we, we, we parent the best way we can, because there's no playbook. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. As long as those kids are being able to succeed at every cost possible, then I feel we're both doing the right thing. And the most important thing, and I always tell anyone, keep people out of your business. Mm -hmm. Keep people out of your business. Because I often say this, and I use this analogy, it's like a little bonfire. Every time I was putting out the flame, and you start to see that white smoke, and me and her, we think we're on good pages. Somebody throw a little gasoline, and then the fire go up. And then it's like, six months, I got to put this flame out again. So... Most important thing, keep people out of your business. Keep people out of your marriage. Marriage people hang out with marriage people. Single people hang out with single people. Keep people out of your business.
0: Well said. Thank you, Keisha. Oof, it's getting
2: hot. Yeah. Um, I just, if I can, um, I just want to comment on the keep the people out of your business um, part. I think you just got to know the right people to have in your business. Because the support is necessary. And, you know, we know our people that we keep around more than anyone else. And if you know that that person is not able to offer something valuable to the situation, or if you know that person is a miserable so and so, that person just broke up with their lady, um, that's not the person that you want to be sharing shit with. But if it's somebody that you know and trust, and they're going to give valuable information, and it's going to be unbiased, then, you know, that's a good source of business. Um, and I'm just saying that just from my personal experience, because I would not have been able to get through um, through it had I not had, um, I have a, an aunt, my aunt Vicky, and she, she is golden. Not perfect, but golden. And I have a very good friend, Danielle, who would say to me, I'm not in a good place right now to give you advice. Let's kind of talk about this in a couple of days when I'm able to give you some good shit. Um, so I know for me, because I'm a communicator and a talker, I would not have been able to get through it by myself. Um, but in terms of the trauma, that's the question that you ask, right, Sharif? The trauma that's associated mm-hmm. with this?
0: Because so I know that often when, you know, because we're human, right? And, and we're feeling, t- you know, we're feeling beings, right? And so you, you want to deal around, you want to deal and negotiate things that have to do with your children. Right. Maybe some of those things that you're negotiating trigger, they have triggers. Right. Impact, you know, your, your feelings in this and the yeah. trauma comes up a good
2: therapist. Let me tell you something. We are the therapy going family. We we got one for the baby. (laughs) I got a therapist. My oldest daughter got a therapist. The middle kid got a therapist. We are some therapeutic fools. Um, But the nice thing about therapy is that it is coming from a place of someone who doesn't know you. And it's amazing how the person's not really asking you much but they're sort of giving you cues and forcing you to think about your own shit right so um for us we were able to um get past the trauma of it all because we had um reliable trustworthy outside sources who was able to really um force us to think about some things we even had family therapy um, he didn't get any therapy, so he probably still all fucked up and everything. But, um, but we, you know, me and the girls, we went to therapy. And then after that, we also learned how to spend just quality time with each other. Like, I'm always asking, how do you feel? What are your thoughts? So when I noticed that when I became less closed off and I became more of an open vessel, because I had to unload all of my shit. The lightness sort of permeates the room and I created a more welcoming spirit for my kids to feel comfortable enough to come to me and tell me when they were feeling sad because they knew that it wasn't gonna be something that hurts my feelings. Um, So I would say that we were able to get through the trauma and just build from that from having therapy and then just lessening our own emotional load and being there for each other like just now right before this session um my daughter is in the middle of a breakup with um with her person and my 16 year old was like I think we need to talk about autumn's decisions and I was like oh what is it that you want to talk about about autumn's autumn's decisions right and I said you have to understand that you have to allow people to live their life you know, and the only thing that you can do while that person is living their life is just to be a source of support. This is, I always tell them, this is a no judgment zone. We're not doing that with each other. Okay. We're here to love each other because the world is cruel. And if we don't love each other, what we got?
0: Good point. Good point. You know, um, and, and I, you know, I, I'm, I am you know, i can relate to you guys because I had to do the co-parenting and Counseling helped me tremendously too, you know, and and I did it for several years as well as my kids to really get through it. But uh, because, you know, often they're, like I said, when you have these conversations, even though you want to focus them directly on your children, trauma is triggered through something in a conversation, a comment, you know, a side comment or something that triggers trauma, and then you got the fire. And then the fire is six months, like like Rodney was saying, six months, you got to deal with that. And you have to create this space, you're constantly fighting to create this, safe space in your home and with each other. And like you were saying, you know, and, and because the world is cruel and they can't be in a fight inside and outside. So, you know, just, just sort of moving on, how do you make adjustments? So, so here's, here's something that was extremely complicated for me. So I just want to know how you guys deal with this. How do you make adjustments around unplanned events? Things like your job schedule, a changing jobs, things like, new relationships, or gifts, you know, right? So now like maybe, maybe you come and become a Jehovah's Witness or something, or maybe you choose you know, to be with the same gender. What, what happens when those things happen? How do you make those adjustments? You want me to go, Rodney? Yeah, you
1: go first.
0: Like, you look yeah, like you're thinking. I see you batting them eyes.
1: It's 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 one of those things. Like, um, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go. You you that, yeah. You you got the floor. That's a, uh.
2: Um. Well, for um, I we discuss everything. Um, me and my ex. Um, we had like a couple of surprises. And I've had to like, when we first um, separated, he started this thing where he would communicate, convey messages um, to me through the kids. And I had to say, don't do that. Don't do that. That's that's not okay. Like they're kids. We have to communicate with each other. We have to be on the same page. Um, in terms of his work schedule, um, he'll come to me, and he'll—he—he's very prideful. So he'll—he used to make me the last person that he goes to for help. Um, just this past year, he's—he's he's, um, loosened up a little bit. Um, but anything that he needed pertaining to the kids—if he had them for that weekend—he would make arrangements with his mother, his aunt, Godparents. Uh, you know, seances and calling people from the dead anybody but me, um, in order to, um, deal with the kids. But I think, um, now that we're establishing, um, greater communication, we just talk about everything. Like if there's something that he feels like he would like to do or something that he's concerned about or change a plan, um, or, um, relationship, um, I ask because he's not a giver of information, so I kind of outprobe a little bit, and then eventually he'll say what he needs to say. But as far as I go, um, you know, I Sharif, you know I was uh, in a relationship well am, and um he didn't like it at all, so I just had to respect um, that he wasn't comfortable with it yet, so I don't force it down his throat at all. um without continuously going in a circle about it, um, for us, the key is just for us to, um, he and I, we communicate. Like if he has overtime, he'll say, hey, I have overtime, are you okay with doing this? If I have a board meeting, I say, hey, look, I have a board meeting. Is it possible that you can take the girls on this day? Can we switch weekends? And it's either a yes or it's a no. And and that's how we deal with it. I hope I've answered your question. I feel like I, I didn't. Well,
0: you did. You you gave your best, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no correct answer here. It's what you did. Um,
1: um, well said. Well said. I would say we 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 we're, we're we're extremely great as far as like holidays is concerned. So if the kids spend the morning of Thanksgiving with the mom. I'll have them for the evening. If they have them for the morning Christmas here, I'll mom would defer. So we're very good as far as like breaking out holiday school events. We both show up Um, weekends. I'm always committed to my weekends. Even if I do go away, I'm like steadfast on my weekends and my commitment as far as travel. We try to make sure like we give each other schedules that way we know best place for the kids and so forth. So we're very good in that scope and in, in, in that realm, dating. haha, you know what I mean? Ha 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 I tell you. A little different. Boy, tell you, y'all women boy, y'all women is something. So, not
2: I, I be trying to be oh. like, get some pussy, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, she <laughs> is currently dating and mm-hmm. I'm not. And it was it wasn't through her communicating with, with me. You, you don't have to. You're a grown woman. You can do whatever you want. I don't have an issue with that. Where I did find the issue was I found out that my kids was around this individual. Ooh. and On multiple occasions, even much to the point where they're spending the night. And I'm like, hmm, that's kind of like serious if my kids is that much engaged around this person and when i was made mention of it from my daughter um i respectfully asked her about it and she told me about it so forth and i said well do you mind if i meet him that way i can know who he is and we could just have like a simple two-minute conversation blah 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 whether that's phone zoom blah blah blah. and you know we're living in the age of covid so it's like right Considered like you can't have like maybe a verbal interaction because the person may not feel comfortable right she in turn said that I was jealous of her relationship <laughs> and um, at that point the conversation got let's say for you know it got it, it, look, it got fucking nasty okay excuse <laughs> my language you know what I mean yeah. like, it got <laughs> and fucking nasty and, and I said how I felt. And I said, like, you know, at the end of the day, if the roles were reversed and I have my kids and there's women or multiple women or whatever be the case, you would have an issue with it. No, I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. You don't have an issue because there's no woman. But as soon as a woman enters, there will be an issue. She didn't see it from my my, 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 my viewpoint and it's cool i ended the conversation with look whatever you're gonna do it's what you're gonna do and she said a whole bunch of expletives and when you was out there fucking everybody he wasn't concerned so obviously it's still an emotional um reason as to why um me and her aunt um is very cool we've always been cool um, even to this day we still remain cool um, despite you know I don't speak to any about anybody in her other side of the family and you know um, I mentioned it to her and I told her how you know is this normal like I just wanted somebody's opinion as far as like is this normal And she was like mm, she's just like a little insecure about how he looks and the work that he does and yeah, introducing and I'm like dude if that's the person that you care about and that's the person you want to lay down with and that's the person that you have around my kids, then own it. You know what I mean? Be, be happy with the decision that you made. You know what I mean? And you got to live with it, you know? And I'm not trying to compete because I'm a firm believer of you can't compete where you don't compare. You know what I'm saying? And we have two beautiful kids together. My job is to co-parent. My job is to provide the best things that I can for them. But if I see something wrong, my job as well is to step in and say, hey, I see something wrong with this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I do find the dating as the probably the most difficult um because to say it's like uh it's it's easy in that sense of the word like I just don't I don't I don't get involved in it you know what I mean who you date is who you date and that's fine and if we cross paths at some time that's fine um but what I will not do and I'm very adamant about this is if in the event you're still dating this person and a big event comes up like my daughter's graduation or her sweet 16 party or something of that nature and you do bring this person, don't take that opportunity away from the person that we're celebrating to introduce. Because I'm not having a conversation because it's not about you feeling compelled to bring this person in that. And okay. that's why I said, like it's better to have that conversation before we get to this point and the conversation to me should have been had before the kids was even spending the night. Being around, going out to dinner, blah, 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 blah. That's one thing to me. Spending the night is very intimate. Right. Like you're, you're waking up the next morning, like, good morning. You know what I mean? Like that to me is very intimate. So
0: so unfortunately we have to stop there. This is part one of co-parenting. Uh, stay tuned An in, in the next episode for part two, where we'll have Keisha Reed Answer the same question from her perspective. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.